Hey guys, and welcome to a new episode of the Nothing But Real podcast. I'd like to let you all know that we are now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. I'd like to thank you all for listening, rating, and following this podcast. If you aren't following us, we'll be posting a ton of new content and podcast information on our official Instagram page and Spotify in the coming weeks. Today, I'm joined by Ryan McNamara, and we're going to talk about all things crypto. So Ryan, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? I'm great. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Of course. So, um, you know, Ryan works for Benzinga, which is an investing company, and uh, he knows all things crypto because we went to the same high school, and he kind of taught, he had a Bitcoin club, you remember that? <laughs> yeah. And um, he used to teach like any interested people about something that was called Bitcoin that no one knew about. And um, yeah, that's why we brought him on. Uh, so my first question for you, Ryan, is why do you think investing is so important? Because a lot of young people uh, might not be getting into it, but I see people like you and Logan, who's kind of like, who's supposed to be here, but he's not, um, who really got into it at a really young age. So what do you think about that? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, investing is really important, especially from a young age to understand how the economy works, but also, of course, to generate wealth. Uh, you know, it, economy, the economy becomes much more simple to understand when you realize that things are are worth just as much as what other people are willing to pay for it, um, especially with things like NFTs within cryptocurrency, um, but also just understanding the economy as a whole, you know, understanding, you know, what what the money supply is and how doubling the money supply within the span of just a few years can can affect things like inflation and the economy as a whole. Yeah, I, you know, that's kind of the reason why everyone should really get into it. Maybe even not if they don't have the money right now to invest, they should learn about it, you know, because there's so many different things you can invest your money into, whether that be um, uh, bonds or, you know, regular stocks. And now the emerging thing is cryptocurrency. So um, when it came to investing, why did you choose cryptocurrency? And, you know, my question really is like, what really sparked that interest in investing in cryptocurrency specifically? Yeah, so that's a good question. Actually, I wasn't interested in cryptocurrency when I started investing. I was just interested in investing. So back in the day in high school, I was a pretty big hype beast. I'd buy and sell sneakers, buy and sell clothes. And, you know, that's how I'd invest my money back in the day. And I wanted to open up a Robinhood account, start getting going with stocks, but I was 16 years old. So I couldn't open up a Robinhood account yet. You had to be 18. Uh, so I came across Coinbase. And Coinbase, you only had to be 16 to use uh, with your parents' permission. So I got a Coinbase account. Uh, all they had was Ethereum and Bitcoin at the time. Uh, so I put money into Bitcoin and let it ride. And since then, you know, I was just, I've just been learning everything about cryptocurrency. You know, it usually starts the same with most investors in the crypto space. They'll start with Bitcoin and then typically they'll go to Ethereum. And from there, you know, they'll discover more altcoins yeah. that are smaller market cap. Yeah, um, I yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, I think you like i remember when like that first coinbase like when the fir the app first came out or you know it was there for a while but in the early like like 2017 2018 uh it was just bitcoin and ethereum and uh what i wanted to know is you know, you referenced that you studied and you learned more about it you know but where did you get that information because you know your job right now at benzinga is providing that information to people who are interested so you know, when people ever and obviously, guys, check it, check out his articles. He has really great articles, even when I'm confused about uh, NFTs or Bitcoin mining, which we'll talk about uh, as we go on this um, podcast. Uh, I really go up to Logan and Ryan's um, articles on Benziga. But back then, I didn't I don't think there was that many like articles like that, that the source of information. So where did you like get that information? 
Yeah, there definitely were some articles, and I did some readings on it. Um, of course, it wasn't as good as it is today. Uh, the, the stuff you can find on the internet now is much more refined than it was back in the day. Um, but one thing I think that is really slept on is Twitter. You know, I use Twitter for my news. I use it for my memes. Yeah, I totally. It, I use it for everything. But I'm pretty deeply involved in crypto Twitter now. So I have a pretty refined list of people I follow, you know, big names who are in VCs, who do their research, people, people I know I can trust to get information from. And then if, if I see something that might change my investment thesis on a particular particular cryptocurrency, you know, then I'll go do more research on that. Um, of course, you can't just take everything at the surface level. On yeah. Twitter, so. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people who get like really mad because I, I, I follow crypto, um, crypto, like the Twitter um, groups as well. And I see it's always trending on my for like on my page. Um, and I see people getting really mad because they just follow what like influencers or like people just do. But I yeah. think that they mistake that as like taking it like straight up to, to heart and just investing immediately instead of like getting that information, which I think is really important. So for people listening, you know, if you ever see like an influencer or someone, you know, that's like kind of famous that says, hey, you should invest in something like that. It's really important to get that information. I made that mistake with Dogecoin, which is a shit coin. Uh, classified as a shit coin. Um, so uh, I think that's really important. So I, I agree with Ryan. There's a lot of information as well as like really valuable resources on Twitter. Yeah. Did you see the, uh, the rumors going around that Apple invested $2.5 billion? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And did you see the sauces? I saw that. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. And it just kept getting retweeted. And then people actually thought, you know, it, it went on real news sites. We I know. It's like so it's crazy how the like, credible news sources like just like take something that's trending and just put it on because it's it's obviously they need to do like more info more research into that right and then just disseminating that information to more people who are gonna be like oh wow maybe i should invest my money like money that maybe that shouldn't be invested um but i wanted to uh you know move on and ask you about you know, this people's attention on cryptocurrency because clearly during the pandemic uh People have it's 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 heightened, you know, people have seen how Bitcoin has rise all the way to I think it was 50,000. It rose to right over 60, 60, yeah. sorry, 60,000. And um, but many people out there still, like I said, the education when it comes to these altcoins as well as Bitcoin, um, they don't understand simple terms like uh, decentralized finance or Bitcoin mining. So can you explain these concepts in like really simple terms? Yeah, sure. So to start, I'd just like to know, you know, I think that a problem with the, the cryptocurrency space is there's so much attention on coins like Shiba Inu and Dogecoin. You see those getting popular from people like Elon Musk and then, you know, word spreads and then people are focused on these meme currencies. And then that's what they think about the entire cryptocurrency space. You know, it's, it's almost like a get rich quick type of thing, which at one point it was. And I mean, it has been for a lot of people seeing the returns over the past 10 years. Um, but of course, that's not going to stay and, and diminishing returns will happen. So um, that's just something I wanted to note. Um, and then what was your question? I'm sorry. No, no, I totally agree. Uh, that's a great point. Um, I think it's really bad that people like Elon, Elon Musk, he knows he has that power to like to obviously like drastically change a price of a coin of Bitcoin. Right. And he uses that to his advantage. And you saw what he's doing. He's not he's not thinking about like people like us. He's thinking about himself because you saw Tesla was making more money off Bitcoin because they bought in so much rather than their actual production of cars. And he he's the reason that 
he he said that Bitcoin is bad for the environment with Bitcoin mining, which I'm going to ask, ask you to explain, um, which statistically, yes, it could be bad with carbon emissions and stuff, but it's gotten much better um, over the years. So some of his information that he's giving out to people, um, people who might not do research like you or might not do research like me, um, it's like destroying their portfolios. So um, I wanted you to explain more about Bitcoin mining. Okay, yeah. So for the, for transactions to reach consensus on a blockchain because it's decentralized and no one central entity can say these are legit transactions and these are, are false transactions, each node on that participates in a network such as Bitcoins or Ethereums has to come to consensus with each other. So 51% of the nodes all around the world, say on Bitcoin, have to reach consensus in some way to verify that these transactions are true. Uh, so that's where a 51% attack could come in. Uh, 51% attack is if someone were able to control 51% of all the nodes on Bitcoin's network or any blockchain network, they'd actually be able to control the cryptocurrency. Um, now, this has been done actually with Dogecoin and a couple other smaller cryptocurrencies, uh, but it's never been done with Bitcoin because Bitcoin's server power is about 10 to 100 times that of Google's. It's, it's very hard to measure, but it's, it's very high and it's all decentralized across the globe. So it would take extreme amount of money. It's estimated trillions of dollars to hack all of these computers simultaneously. So really, it's only theoretically possible. Uh, Bitcoin uses proof of work consensus, uh, which was the original consensus model for blockchain. Yeah. And what that does is it uses electricity essentially to, to power very, com very powerful computers to run these hard algorithms that are that are very difficult to solve. And the first computer that's able to solve that algorithm gets the block reward, which right now is 6.25 Bitcoin, which is minted every 10 minutes. Um, that halves every four 6. years. 6.25? Yes, it's 6.25. But remember, it's incredibly hard to mine. So no single computer is really ever mining that whole Bitcoin block in one mm -hmm. in one 10 minute interval. What happens is these computers will join pools with other with other nodes yeah. on the network and then work together to, to figure They'll out. They'll get pieces, yeah. Right. I remember then, that, yeah. And then it's distributed proportionally to the amount of computer power that that miner uh, puts on the network. So you're not really getting, it's not like a lottery where you're getting 6.25 Bitcoin every 10 minutes if you're able to solve it. It's more you, you enter into a pool with your mining hardware and then you get a constant stream of income every day. Yeah. So have you ever thought of doing it? Yeah, so proof of work mining is pretty hard because you need what's called an ASIC miner. It's a dedicated mining computer. It yeah. takes up a lot of electricity and it's not really plausible to do in most states because of the electricity cost. But actually, back in high school, I mined Dash, which. Yeah, I, I remember you told That's why I asked. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I mined Dash. It was another proof of work blockchain. Uh, the cryptocurrency is still around, it's doing all right. Uh, but the the amount of electricity I used was pretty insane. Like I, I up my mom's electricity bill by like two hundred dollars a month. I, I paid her for it. But I mean, after considering that, you know, I was making maybe four or five hundred dollars a month from it, and eventually it just wasn't worth it. Yeah, and even now, you know, living in apartments is not plausible anymore. Yeah, definitely. But what's interesting is now with proof of stake consensus, which is what Ethereum's upgrading to, and a lot of other blockchains have actually already implemented, is you don't need computer power for it. You need a very minimal amount of computer power. You can just use your laptop. Really? Yeah, wow. but you're not, because the way proof of work kind of works is you're converting electricity into a cryptocurrency kind of like it's a very high level way to put it yeah but you're, you're expending a lot of electricity and a lot of computer power to secure the blockchain whereas proof of stake you're using your cryptocurrency to validate uh, transactions on the blockchain 
So okay. the way that works is is through staking. So you can you can stake your Ethereum on the ETH2 testnet, for example. Um, and each node consists of 32 Ethereum. So you could deposit 32 Ethereum onto a node and earn 7 to 8% annual interest for doing so. And essentially the algorithm will, will slice your position if you try and enter faulty transactions. So as, a, as like a base, you're just validating the network and you're putting through what needs to be put through. But if you try to attack the blockchain in any way or enter faulty transactions, then they're, they're able to cut your stake of cryptocurrency that you've deposited. Um, and therefore, it wouldn't really be financially That's too risky. plausible, right? Isn't that risky? To stake or, or to try? To stake. No, staking. Well, the thing with ETH2 right now, it is risky. But the reason yeah. it's risky is because of the price of Ethereum. Because that's you, what I heard about. That's what that's what yeah, yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. So staking in and of itself isn't risky, but since the price of Ethereum is so volatile, staking is risky because you have to stake 32 Ethereum and you can't take it out right now because ETH2 isn't live. So once Ethereum transitions to proof of stake, which is hopefully coming out later this year, but it, it could be in 2022, um, once that actually comes out is when people can actually start taking out their Ethereum investments. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, I hope you guys understood what Bitcoin mining is. Uh, if you guys need more information, definitely check out uh, Benzinga for articles. I think uh, listening to it and watching videos as well as reading about it is really important. Clearly, you know, a lot of people say, hey, Bitcoin mining sounds cool, but uh, it's really very difficult and it takes a lot of money to do it. Um, I know like there's people who like rent out warehouses and because of the electricity and to ensure uh, nothing like burns down because of like the high heat that, that these machines produce, um, the computers produce. So that's what I've heard about it. Um, Should we talk about DeFi? Sure. I DeFi is like way easier to explain, though. Yeah. I mean, it, it revolves around the same topics of Bitcoin. I mean, Bitcoin was the first example of DeFi. But I think nowadays DeFi means a lot more than just Bitcoin. Um, actually, when people say DeFi these days, they're usually talking about Ethereum, yeah. right? Um, and the DeFi ecosystem has gotten huge lately. Uh, DeFi stands for decentralized finance, and essentially it replaces financial institutions like banks, banks and lenders yeah. and insurance companies and basically anything that a, a traditional centralized company could do. It can now be done on code through Ethereum. So the biggest difference between Ethereum and Bitcoin is Bitcoin's more seen as, as a store of value. So similarly to gold, gold where, yeah. where there's a finite supply yeah. and it's a way to, to store your value. Whereas Ethereum, Ethereum's different because it's more of the financial incentive layer of the Internet. Um, you can you can upload code to the blockchain. So with Bitcoin, you can't upload basically anything to it. You can just send it to other people and store it, and it's a store of value. With Ethereum, you have smart contracts. So smart contracts are just code that's on Ethereum. But what makes these special is the same reason Bitcoin's special. Nobody controls it. So once you have code that's uploaded onto a decentralized network that nobody controls, then you have a program that nobody controls that anybody can use. Yeah, so that's what I've seen and read as well. There's a lot of people say Ethereum is the future because it has much more application compared to Bitcoin. And, you know, that kind of segues into my question where I was going to ask you, what are the best altcoins? You know, other than Ethereum, you know, I'm in, uh, I know a lot of people are invested and I've also tried to invest in Uni, Uniswap as well as uh, 
uh, it's like XLR, I think. Um, what is it? XLM. XLM, yeah, yeah. Um, Stellalumens. So, what, 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 in your opinion, like, why do you, what are the best altcoins right now, and why do you think, uh, other than Ethereum, because you kind of right. explained that. And I don't even consider Ethereum an altcoin at this point. Oh, you either. don't? Yeah, I mean, technically, it's an altcoin, right? Because it's not Bitcoin. Yeah. By definition. Um, but obviously, I'm an Ethereum maxi. I love Ethereum. So I look into coins on Ethereum's network just because that's where the users are. Um, one thing that, that I've been saying lately is I think people underestimate network effects in cryptocurrency. There's already so many people using Ethereum. And I think so long as Ethereum can upgrade to proof of stake in a timely fashion, that, that's not changing anytime soon. Um, so with that, I like Aave. I like Chainlink. I like Uniswap. Uh, all these are programs that are built on Ethereum. Um, so like I was saying, they're DeFi programs. Uh, Uniswap's a decentralized exchange. Aave is a decentralized bank, essentially, where you can lend out your cryptocurrency uh, to people who collateralize their own cryptocurrency to take out loans. So instead of using credit, they use their cryptocurrency in a smart contract. So they can deposit, say, one Bitcoin into a smart contract to take out a loan of half a Bitcoin. And you might ask, you know, why would anyone do that? Why wouldn't they just use their one Bitcoin? It's mostly just to leverage their position because then if you if they pay back the loan, then they get their Bitcoin back and then they were <laughs> able to use that half a Bitcoin that they got as a loan. Um, and that one, the, that one's really interesting, actually. That's Aave. Um, it has $10 billion already locked into its smart contract. So it's definitely nothing to joke about at this point. And I think network effects will only continue to grow Aave's platform. Um, and on that topic, Aave's integrated with another cryptocurrency called Polygon, um, which you might have heard of. Mark yeah. Cuban is invested into I've it. heard of it. Right. So what Polygon is, it's a decentralized uh, finance token that's a layer two token for Ethereum. Uh, so this is another good concept to understand if you're getting into cryptocurrencies is layer one versus layer two. Uh, I know Elon Musk has talked about it before uh, with Dogecoin and Ethereum and whatnot. Um, but essentially with Dogecoin with Dogecoin that's a joke yeah yeah he talks about it a lot and and it really doesn't seem like he really understands blockchain to to the full degree necessary to be talking about it on Twitter but I don't yeah well yeah I think he just saw that hey my word carries a lot of weight mm -hmm. I'm gonna just use it to my yeah. best which I, I don't think was a bad thing at first, even, you know, when I, and I saw him pumping Dogecoin, like, really? But at the same time, I'm like, well, it's cryptocurrency. And I, I guess, like, the more attention on cryptocurrency, the better. Because, yeah. like, people started with Bitcoin. People might just start with Dogecoin, and then they'll they'll see the potential in other cryptocurrencies and what it can exactly. actually do for the world, yeah, right? You know, this is a, it's a double-edged sword, you know? There's yeah, obviously, sure. because of Elon, um, there's so many people who, like, I know a lot of people who, like, reached out, um like in group chats and stuff like, oh, like talking about uh, cryptocurrency that have never ever like ever mentioned it before um, just because of his like the fact that he's making such a big deal out of it and use me as making such a big deal out of it. But at the same time, I feel like he has like way too much power and he's just leveraging that power just for himself. Um, I, I don't think it should, there should be some, there should be like illegal ramifications first. Obviously Definitely. since it's, since, you know, it's not monitored, um, there is no legal ramifications, but do you think they would ever they'd ever like impose like in the future? Do you think it's even possible to put those regulations on them? Yeah, I think people are already being held accountable to a degree when they're trying to pump and dump something, especially yeah. on Twitter. But 
for someone like Elon Musk, who has so much influence, I mean, there definitely should be regulation, but at the same time, like he has all the money and he has all the lawyers, right? Yeah. If he thought he'd get in trouble for this, he wouldn't do it, right? Exactly. So, um, you know, you mentioned Dogecoin. I mentioned it as well. Uh, there's these meme coins have like really emerged and they've sparked heavy debate because a majority of these people believe that these coins are a, d- a new form of gambling. What do you, I mean, obviously Dogecoin, it's really down right now, but uh, what are your opinions on like this trend of people not only investing in, in these meme coins, but also creating them? Yeah, so I like how you put it that it's gambling because that really is what it is at the end of the day. And I think you have to differentiate a few different types of cryptocurrencies when it comes to meme coins. So there's straight up rug pulls and scams where someone will create a cryptocurrency, get money into it, and then just dump it and it goes straight to zero. Obviously, that's a scam. That's a bad thing for the industry. Um, But then there's other meme currencies, uh, most notably Dogecoin, also Shiba Inu. That, you know, to some degree, they do have a utility, you know, Dogecoin's trying to be like a payment processing cryptocurrency, which there are other cryptocurrencies that do it better. Like Sanjay mentioned earlier, XLM is a payment cryptocurrency uh, where they're focused basically just on low fees and high transaction times without much else to them. Yeah. Um, And I mean, Dogecoin started as a meme and it still definitely is a meme and it is gambling. But at the same time, it has a ton of users and it has more adoption than a lot of these other cryptocurrencies. So, I mean, I guess it depends on if they actually are going to develop and actually do stuff with Dogecoin in the future. Because I know the owner isn't a part of that project anymore. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Billy Marcus. Yeah. Yeah, he sold all of his Dogecoin for a 2005 Honda Civic back in the day. Yeah. He made a huge mistake. Yes, huge. (laughs) Massive mistake. (laughs) Also things though like Shiba Inu. Shiba Inu is a technically a DeFi token technically a meme token you know it it shot up because of the name shiba inu and and you know doge is yeah. a shiba inu you, you'll see a lot of these coins uh you know bitcoin goes down every other coin goes down you know with dogecoin because the mascot is a shiba inu um these two are kind of connected um and at first you know it took me a while to like kind of realize that trend until like i talked to you guys and you're like yeah well D- bitcoin's down what did you expect um and then i started doing more research onto like you know, how, you know, the reason I think they call it an altcoin, why Bitcoin is like the main thing is the fact that it has such a huge effect on the other coins. Now, my question is, is that do you think Ethereum, which is like you're saying is also should not be considered an altcoin? Do you think it can it can break away from that trend where uh, it it can now be uh, the coin that other cryptocurrencies follow? Yeah, especially with ERC-20 tokens, which is the token center on Ethereum. So if you make a cryptocurrency like Uniswap and, and Chainlink, like I mentioned, and Aave. Oh, of um, course those, yeah, because they're on the network. Are, those are all on the network, yeah. right? So I would think that if Ethereum goes up or Ethereum goes down, you know, coins that are on Ethereum's network will, will generally follow it. Of course. Which has been the case. Um, of course, Bitcoin's still king. Um, yeah, I think in the future, though, I think, you know, Bitcoin might trail closer to gold where it's a store of value and, and it's a little bit less volatile than some of the other cryptocurrencies out there, which, I mean, it already is less volatile than, than most cryptocurrencies yeah. out there. Which might be surprising for you guys to hear, but you would just have to look at Coinbase right. and just look at the percentiles of like how it's going up, going down, and looking at the historical data. Bitcoin does is like way less volatile compared to most cryptocurrencies. Um, so my... 
what I really wanted, um, I, of course, I value your opinion. I wanted you to, what do you think the current state of crypto and how do you, where do you, where do you think it will go in the next five years? That's a good question. So I, I think we're in an accumulation phase right now. I don't think the bull market's over. Um, we've been up about 3x the previous all-time high back in 2017 from 20,000 to 60,000. Um, and just like looking at, at past trends, it doesn't look like the, the bull market is over just yet. I know for new investors that are calling for a $10,000 Bitcoin and, and Ethereum to go sub $1,000 again, you know, you never know what, what could happen. And if we are in a bear market, those are definitely reasonable numbers to throw out there. Um, that being said, I don't think we're in a bear market. I mean, we were just through like a year and a half bear market up until like November of, yeah. of last year. So to, to think that the bull market would only last a few months, I think, is a little bit silly, especially because every cycle in the past for cryptocurrency, you can see that the market cycles are actually lengthening with time. So, yeah, you know, I've seen first... that. And actually, my prediction is Bitcoin is going to go down like 25,000. OK, um, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, it's definitely reasonable. I, I think anywhere around 25,000 is a reasonable price target. I'm not waiting to buy any more Bitcoin. Um, Me neither. But that being said, I think we're in a pretty strong range how it is. I mean, between 30 and 40K, I would not, not be surprised if we just traded in between 30,000 to 40,000 with a few exceptions. Oh, like, really? Okay. Like a, a few a few dips going down maybe to like 28, 27,000. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is all total speculation now, but... This is not financial advice, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think we're going to probably just trade in a range, reaccumulate, get back on our feet. And I'm hoping that we'll see new all-time highs by this fall. Wow. That, yeah. I mean, I remember in like high school, you were like, I'm going to buy a Lambo with my Bitcoin. We're <laughs> getting there. Like, not yet. It was, it, would been, it was crazy when it hit 60K. It was insane. Like, I was like, there's no way, dude. I was like, what if I kept my Bitcoin from like high school when I bought it? We should, did you keep it? Did you keep yours from like high school? Yeah, I've always been exposed to cryptocurrency ever since I've been through it. So I've kept my cryptocurrency. I've definitely made some bad trades here and there where I could have made a lot more money. Exactly. Holding, yeah. but I mean, it, it is what it is. You know how much I lost? How much do you lose? I'm not going to say. I'll okay. tell you after, right. but it's a lot. Potential gains. You locked in profit or did you lose? Uh, no, I got profit. Okay. But. Can't complain then. Nah, I can. <laughs> Um, but you know, uh, I mean, most of the questions here have really talked about the future, but, um, I want to really focus on you. This is my last question. Um, I wanted you to tell me about your experience with Benzinga, um, and what opportunities that the company has afforded to you. Yeah, dude, Benzinga is so much fun. Uh, I started there actually, it's really funny. I started there as a real estate writer because they were looking for a licensed realtor to write some real estate related content. Um, I ended up doing like two or three real estate articles and my buddy Logan, which is coming on the happy hour pretty soon here. Um, he was working for, for Benzinga as well and he was doing some CS stuff and, and they came to find out that we've both been in cryptocurrency a long time. Um, and this was back around January when cryptocurrency was really starting to pick up for the first time since 2017. So you guys got lucky. So yeah, it was, it was definitely great timing. Uh, we both started working on cryptocurrency stuff for them. You know, we were revamping a lot of their articles, writing a ton for them. And with that came a lot of new opportunity, especially come summertime. So we started going in the office, which is a ton of fun uh, in Detroit and Campus Martius. Um, and we started a live stream, Moon or Bust. So tune into that. Yeah, on, tune in. Monday, guys. Wednesday, Fridays at 2 p.m. You can find it at uh, Benzinga's YouTube channel. 
Uh, but it's been so much fun, you know. We really get to to make our own work and make our own hours, you know, decide what we get to do for the day, which is something I really haven't experienced outside of real estate, you know, working for a company, but only having these big overarching goals that we need to get and complete. Um, and, you know, like checking in, making sure these goals are, are coming along, but not having like a set work day where you need to do this and then you need to do that. Yeah, I think then, that's a perfect environment for you. you. You don't seem like a guy like who would like want to be like have a boss like right. i feel like you want you want to be your own boss yeah and i think that's perfect environment that, like combines something that you're extremely interested in as well as like perfect work conditions so i'm really happy for you and logan it's awesome thank you um but uh my my last question is you know cryptocurrency it's gone crazy because of pan the pandemic um and do you guys think that you guys will ex you guys will expand your expertise into uh more like not just you know into different types of investing or do you think you're just going to focus on cryptocurrency are you talking about at benzinga benzinga at benzinga yeah yeah i think that at benzinga we're probably going to stay focused on cryptocurrency it's it's a huge part of their business and and they definitely need some industry experts there um such as me and logan to really you know up to what's the word i'm looking for here to educate educate people sure yeah educate yeah. people you know write articles and and do the whole nine yards yeah that's awesome uh so guys that's i'm gonna wrap it up um i'd like to thank ryan for coming on the show i've been asking him and he made time in his schedule uh and you know, i really appreciate it ryan thanks for coming on of course yeah so uh guys thank you for listening and uh i'll see you next time see ya